Who says creation isn't exciting? Posing. I love it. Oh, dear, dear, dear. Okay. So I like the other one, though. You know what? To be beautiful like that, eh? To be beautiful like that. Wow. I tell you what, keep your, keep your eyes on me. Stay focused. Hallelujah. <laughs> love it. Love it. Okay. We, we are in between Passover and Pentecost, or Pesach and Shavuot. Yes? You're all with it. And during this period of time, there is what is called counting the Omer. So I'm going to talk a little bit about that. Um, all the time's nearly gone, so I'm going to have to move on quite quickly. But counting the Omer, what is counting the Omer? You're asking, aren't you? Okay, so the actual word Omer itself is a measure of grain. And in Leviticus, it forbade any use of the, the new barley crop, so we're talking about wheat to begin with, until an Omer was brought as an offering to the temple in Jerusalem. It also commanded that from that day on which you bring the offering, you shall count off seven weeks. How many weeks? Seven. Seven weeks, okay. They must be complete. This commandment led to the traditional practice of sephirate haomer, or counting the omer, okay. Now listen, you're, you're going you're to be participating in this this morning. We're going to do the blessing in Hebrew and then in English together, right? can only get better. So, the seven weeks of counting the Omer spans the 49 days between the second day of Passover or Pesach. Pesach, yes? Okay, because we want, we want you to be familiar with these terms. And then the beginning of Shavuot or Pentecost. So, it links the exodus from Egypt with the giving of the Torah at Sinai, Right? Have you got that? Jewish teachers expanded upon this, seeing the period as joining the Jewish people's physical and spiritual redemption. Now, here's a, a, a little graphic. Normally, when you're counting, you tend to count down, don't you? You know, like, we've been counted down. How many sleeps before we go to Israel? Or, you know, how many days is it until such and such? And you start with the biggest number, don't you? And work downwards, usually. Uh, whereas the Jews do the opposite. They, they start at one and then count up. So on here, we're going around this journey and they're on the way and they're going up to Sinai where the Torah was given. Okay, it's really a key. It's an important thing. Yes? When? No, but it's good because everybody needs to get it. Because Vicky wasn't here, was you? No, exactly. There you go. This is just for you, Vicky. So when the temple was destroyed in 70 AD, obviously they could no longer do that because there was no temple to be able to do it. But the Jews have continued counting the Omer. Okay, and it's still observed by many. Now, there are five steps to counting the Omer. It's typically practiced at night and in some traditional communities it's a custom not to work during those periods. I tend not to work from dawn until dusk. No, dusk until dawn. No, dawn until dusk, isn't it? I don't do a lot between that period. I normally try to sleep. But last night, my car bonnet, I don't know what it was, it must have just come slightly open because at quarter past one, 
the alarm went off on the car. So I got out of bed, walked around everywhere in case somebody was trying to do something they shouldn't do, you know what I mean, and then got into bed. And uh, then it went off again some time later, so I looked out the window, no, there's nobody out there. And then I took the keys back to bed, so at least I could just click it if it went off again. <laughs> it wasn't until when it was light, I noticed there was a gap there. But normally, yeah, we sleep, but people that do work, because some people have to work, don't they? Like mums and dads never sleep, do they? You know what I mean? There's always something to do preparing for the following day for the children and all the rest of it. Okay, so five things. They meditate. Meditation is always a good thing. They medicate, medicate. <laughs> oh, dear Lord, have a drink. Try and refresh the brain. Oh, dear, medicate. Well, they probably do that as well. They meditate. Meditation is very, very good for you, Amen. Meditate before counting. Then they say the blessing. We're going to say the blessing in a minute. Hang on, we're going to say the blessing in a minute. And they recite the count. So this is, they go, today is the such and such day of the Omer, which is so many weeks and so many days of the Omer. That's what they normally do when they recite the count. Then they read Psalm 67. So we're going to read that together as well. And then they close with a prayer. Okay, so there's five things that they do. Now, Here's the blessing, okay? So I'm going to try and say the blessing in Hebrew. Then you're all going to have a go together, okay? And ditto correct us if we make a mistake. So it's in yellow. I'll say it first, right? I'm going to try. Baruch Atar, Adonai, Eloheinu, Melech, Ha'alam, Asher, Kidshenu, Bimitzvatav, Vitsivanu al Seferit ha Omer. Amen. Because we've been learning when Jeff, Jeff and um, Jeff and Janet have been with us, haven't we? We've been we've been hearing those words and they're more familiar. So are you gonna have a go with me? Yeah. You're brave, okay. So after three, we're gonna do it in Hebrew. One, two, three. Baruch Atar Adonai Elohinu Melech Ha Olam Asher. Kid Shainu, be mitzvatav, vitz ivanu, al sefirat ha omer. Okay, so then we'll say it together in English, right? Okay, go. Blessed are you, Adonai our God, ruler of the universe, who sanctifies us with mitzvot and commands us concerning the counting of the omer. Now, some of you are going to say, what is mitzvot? And it means commandment. Okay. Now, are we ready to read again? This is all in English, so we're okay here now. Okay. Psalm 67, here we go. One, two, three. God, be gracious to us and bless us. May he make his face shine toward us, Selah, so that your way may be known on earth your salvation among all nations. Let the peoples give thanks to you, God. Let the peoples give thanks to you, all of them. Let the nations be glad and shout for joy, for you will judge the peoples fairly and guide the nations on earth, Selah. Let the peoples give thanks to you, God. Let the peoples give thanks to you, all of them. The earth has yielded its harvest, 
May God, our God, bless us. May God continue to bless us so that all the ends of the earth will fear him. Amen. Good one. What a great psalm, isn't it? So here's a little bit more information. And of course, what you can do is, although you've not been doing counting the Omer, because I certainly haven't since uh, Pesach, you can start doing it from here and in if you want to at the end of the day. So Psalm 67 consists of six ver- uh, seven verses, and in the original Hebrew, there was 49 words. Apparently, that is true. And obviously, it's central to the counting of it. So I just like these seven points. God bless us with grace and care and make your face shine on us. For then the earth will recognize your presence and all the nations will know your saving power. Imagine reciting this. And the Jews are reciting this every day. They might not realize the power of what they're reciting But why don't we pray, Lord, open the eyes of the Jewish people around the world, all the millions of Jews, the children, the teenagers, Father, the middle-aged and the elderly, as they recite this psalm, God, open their eyes and open the eyes of mankind as they recite it. May all nations praise you, O God. May all nations praise you. Let the nations shout and sing for joy. You grant justice. Hallelujah. It says in that other version, you deal fairly, you judge fairly. So, God is uh, granting justice to the peoples. On earth, you guide the nations. May all nations praise you, O God. May all nations praise you. The soil has given its harvest. Our God has blessed us, and may God continue to bless us, and let God be embraced by the very ends of the earth. What an amazing psalm. And what an amazing thing that that whole people group recite and they're going to be doing it tonight as the sun goes down or probably from six o'clock onwards and they'll gather the children together and as families they will recite this psalm. Amazing. So counting the Omer really is important for us. We've got the scripture there in Psalm 90. Teach us to number our days that we might gain a heart of wisdom. And it says there, make every day count. Because on the journey, God was dealing with the nation over those 50 days as they were going from Egypt. God was trying to get not just the people out of Egypt, it was trying to get Egypt out of the people. And so there was a, a, a process of deliverance as they were going along. And this is a whole part of counting the Omer it's ensuring that God is dealing with us and we're becoming refined, ready to meet God at Sinai. They didn't know what God was going to do. Do you remember? When he came down on Sinai and it said there was lightnings, there was thunder, there was smoke, and then there was the sound of a shofar that just resounded louder and louder and the people were frightened completely terrified of the sound and what they saw on the mountain. And they sort of said, Moses, you go, we'll stay here. You know what I mean? It's loud enough, it's scary enough, you go and we'll stay here. But God wanted to meet with them and this whole process is really important. Now, 
we're going to be celebrating uh, Rosh Kadesh at the next touch point, and it's going to be very, very exciting. Wasn't it amazing one last weekend? Oh, wow. Absolutely amazing. Astounding. And to see this place full, you know, like, yeah, heaving, humming with people. It was amazing and just, yeah, what, what a time. Uh, Shabbat starts on the evening of the 30th of May. So at the end of this month, we're going to be celebrating Pentecost. Hallelujah. And Jenny and I and Maria are going to be signing on a new house on that day, completing <coughs> for it on that day, on the 30th of May. And your dad, yes, that's right. We're, so, we're, wow, what an exciting time as we're various ones of us. What are we moving into? They're sifting over this process. If you feel as though you're being shaken, that's because God wants you ready to meet with him at Shavuot. Yeah, one or two of you excited about that. He wants to meet with us, and he wants to meet with us with a right heart. So if you're feeling a bit of disturbance going on, it's because he's shaking you. Remember, only what's built on the kingdom will stand. Everything else, God says, I will shake, says in Hebrews. So if you're feeling a shaking, that's fine. Get your life built on the kingdom, and you'll stand. So how many remember the surfing last week? Dave... Hawthorne led us in the surfing, do you remember that? And then in the Times on Monday, we then had somebody on the surfboard. Yeah, you remember that? Yeah, well, um, creation got into that one, look. It's not easy to see on that. It's a duck going down a weir. You can't cut. We've got two pieces of kit that are going to give us high definition through that projector. So when that's connected, I think it's going to be connected this coming week. When that's connected, we'll have a much better definition. It's a bit dark on that, um, on that screen there. But take my word for it, it's a duck that doesn't need a surfboard. It's going down a weir. So it's, okay, it's a bit lost, isn't it? But never mind, there we go. ER, we mentioned that. This is the month. It's connected with Issachar, connected with the tribe who knew the times and the seasons, knew what Israel should do. And we're beginning to get into that, that we know what the church needs to do, and we're wanting to get into that. Chuck said last week that there are four major shifts, and he talked about heaven's atmosphere entering the earth, then the government in heaven is being activated, and on earth we're aligning as a kingdom force. Amen? We are the government in the earth aligning with that kingdom force and the aligned, mobilized army legislates heaven's will in the earth realm, yes? He also said this, you are a work in progress. We can say thank you, God, for that. He hasn't finished with us yet, has he, Ian? Amen, he's still working on us. But repeated attention we give to any one thing shapes us tremendously. We need that. I needed a brighter color there. And he also said that the war is over your call and your destiny. The war is over your call and your destiny. The enemy is trying to sift you and sift us and sift the body of Christ. And he's using deception to take people out of the warfare. Now, uh, Proverbs 29, 18, where there's no vision, the people perish. Uh, the complete Jewish Bible says, without a prophetic vision, the people throw off all restraint. And the New Living Translation says, when people do not accept divine guidance, they run wild. 
in Timothy, uh, Paul says to him, this charge, Timothy, I put to you in keeping with the prophecies already made about you, so that by these prophecies you may fight the good fight. God gives us his word in order that we might fight a good fight. It is a fight, but it's a good fight. Tupo said this morning, you know, this joy, this joy in the battle. It's not very joyful when you're losing, but when you're on the winning side, it's exciting. Is that right? And we're on the winning side, and we've got to stay on the winning side, seeing what God does through us. So we're in a fight, we're in a battle, but I'll tell you what, it's a good one. And when we gather up the spoils, which are the hearts and lives of precious men and women, then that is key. When we turn the nations, that is exciting, that is joyful. When we see God aligning all kinds of things in the earth realm, that is exciting. Because it isn't just you and I that are being shaken in this season, it's everything. It's whole governments being shaken. And, you know, this French election is really key. The German election is going to be key. Some of the other things that are going on are really key. And Tupo, I was with you when you mentioned 2 Chronicles 20, verse 20, girl. I knew you and I were in alignment with heaven because three nations came against Judah, Ammon, Moab, Mount Seir, and the nation of Judah were really frightened about this huge army that was coming against them. And they worshipped the Lord and they had a prophetic word. And Jehoshaphat, when they'd heard the word, said this, Hear me, O Judah, and you inhabitants of Jerusalem, believe in the Lord your God and you shall be established. Believe his prophets and you shall prosper. Amen. Being established or believing means to be built up or supported. It means assurance. It means to be permanent or quiet. I struggle with being quiet, especially when I'm excited. But it's being established. The Lord wants to establish us. Um, And then the word prosper means to push forward, to break out, to go over. Amen. It also means prosperity and, and being successful. But it means to break out of where we are. God wanted the people to be able to break out of Egypt. Um, in this case, in the, 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 uh, the 20th chapter of Second Chronicles, God wanted to break out against Judah's enemies, and he did. He said, you guys, you don't have to fight. You go worship me. Send out Judah. Send the worship out at the front of the battle, and I will destroy the enemies. So God's on our case. Now, there's a few things that I need to remind you of because God has spoken over us at Cannes. If you've got a prophetic word, that's really good. We want you to know some of the things that God has spoken over us. Here's a word in 2008. Many of you will know it, but some others have not heard this one. The Spirit of the Lord says, I will accelerate even the forming of a new wineskin, for not only will there be new support uh, systems put around you, but it will represent the pastor, teacher, evangelist, apostle, prophet. It will bring an equipping and a release of the saints' movement, and it will cause there to be a major thrust in the army of the Lord and in the advancing kingdom movement in the earth. The wheat and the chaff have just been thrown up in the air together, and the very winds of my spirit are blowing upon that, not to separate people, but to separate that which was insufficient to that which brings advancement. 
This was on the evening when we'd had the fire on the Thursday. On the Friday, we received this prophetic word. And this was a part of, at that uh, point, we were a, a network church with Christian International Ministries. And God was transitioning us as a ministry and aligning us with Glory of Zion and with Chuck Pierce. And uh, this was a part of that whole process as we were transitioning as a group of people. So that's been a fulfillment of that word that we've seen in us. Prophet Bill Lackey in July 2007, so this was the year before the fire, he said, Surely I am telling you this is a mighty giant. This is the giant of my last day's church. My daughter, my son, I am releasing now to you a multiplying anointing, a multiplication anointing. This thing is growing, it is growing. You're going to see people that are going to beg to come down here and be in the middle of the night. I haven't had too many knocks on the door about that just yet, but I'm believing this prophetic word is coming to pass. Maybe that was what it was. In the middle of the night, it wasn't just the car alarm. People are, the, even, even, even metal is saying, we need, we need to be praying. They're going to be, beg to be in the sanctuary, praying and travailing for the glory and the move of the Spirit that's coming here. It sounded like fun at first, but now it's royalty. And he went on to say, Father, I call these people to attention. First of all, I've charged them as the army of God. You wonder why we've got a military kind of mandate on us. It's because so many prophets have come and released these military terms to us, and we're having to respond as the army of the Lord. He said, secondly, Lord, I've released your mighty fire upon them. Oh, praise the Lord for that one. Now I call them to attention as good soldiers on the wall. Father, in Jesus' name, those who have not been willing to sacrifice, those who are lazy, those who are fearful, those who would not be a part of Gideon's army, those who want to go back, those who are having a difficult time, Father, we bless them right now. He never asked us whether he could give this word. <laughs> he just prophesied it in 2007. We say, Lord, there is a place for them and they need to go to that place. They need to be faithful with the things they hear. But this is the front line right now. This is the front line. This church is the front line. It's the front wave, the central focus of the radar system. It is the first line of communication. It will become the first line of revival it will release signs and wonders and miracles on a front line, front, uh, first line basis. Uh, his uh, daughter, Alicia, said this, I hear the Lord says that he was making this church a war room. That when you went to the war room, it must have been, we must have gone one of the first times to the Churchill war room. She must have heard that we'd gone down there for the very first time. Because it's several years, what, 2007? So she was hearing that this church is a war room. When you went to the war rooms, you brought back an impartation to be able to rally the troops, to be able to make decisions that are in alignment and perfect timing with the will of God. So do not doubt the authority that he's put upon your shoulders. What I hear is a mantle coming upon your shoulders, and it's a very loud clicking noise where it fits you exactly and it's tailor-made. You are unique and you're not a carbon copy of anything else anywhere. You are an original, declares the Lord. 
Sharon Stone said prayer school is not over, but it is changing to a new agenda to affect a new arena. This is not a time of laying down, but it's a new stage of the prayer movement in the earth. The Lord says, daughter, you're going to see, I'm going to free up some of your time, even as it changes, but as I do, I will delegate other times, even to the nations, where there will be some things that cannot be taught, that must be caught. The Spirit of God says you're going to feel even the call to nations. Jenny's mum often used to say to her, Jenny, why do you have to go to these places? Because she was quite fearful about travel and, you know, her going away all the time. And uh, we said, well, there's times when you can pray, but there's times you've got to go, you know, and that's why we've needed to go to some of these nations. Cindy Jacobs said this in October 2014, the Lord spoke and said, is this not my camp? Is this not the camp of the Lord? The Lord would say, I am releasing the anointing to war and the watchman anointing. And the Lord says, tell my daughter, I will build the watchtower. The Lord says, if you will build the altar first, I will build the church. The Lord says, speaking to Jenny, if you will build the prayer tower, the Lord shows me that literally God is going to release the 24-hour anointing. She went on to say, I want you to remember who you are in here in Britain and who you are in Ireland because we had uh, the Sandbrooks here, Rosemary and Kevin Sandbrook. They were in the house um, from Ireland. And she said, I want you to remember that you are a warrior kingdom. I want you to remember you are called for battle, that you are not weak, you're not insignificant. God has brought a nation and nations of immigrants now to help you to stand. Red, yellow, brown, black and white to stand together strong and tall. So we're going to stand up. We're going to begin to decree that God is going to raise up an army, a praying army that is going to shake and shake and shake and God is going to turn it around. There will be 50 days of worship 50 days of fasting, God says, I'm going to release a fasting chain. We still need to know what that fasting chain is all about. A series of fasting, build a wall like Nehemiah built in this 50-mile radius, says the Lord. Others will want to join in on this. As you're going to fill the region with the sound of the Lord. You're going to fill this region with the song of the Lord. God's saying there's going to be a harvest of Muslims that is going to affect the whole world. You must pray and you must pray for the people in Islam, but you must not be afraid of them. They need Jesus. Pray for visitations. Adopt an area, adopt people, and cry out to God and begin to pray, and you're going to see a great harvest. I have an admonition that you are going to say what God says over this region. You are not to say it is a hard place. Lord, we declare today that Burton-on-Trent, this whole region of Derbyshire, Staffordshire, Leicestershire, Nottinghamshire, we declare it is not a hard place. It is not hard ground. We declare it's easy to win people, to see them healed, whole, set free. I say this tenderly, very tenderly to you. I want you to say what God says. This is a place of revival. Let's say it together, that in, in green. This is a place of revival. This is a place that the fire of God will fall upon. This is a place of Pentecost. This is a place of blessing. Amen. So we're coming up to Pentecost. 
this next touch point is going to be another remarkable time for all of us when we're in this place. He started talking about Europe. And Sharon Stone said, Jenny, I felt like God is going to give you a template of your identity in this year with some things that you're doing. He's not going to let you be known as a woman's minister or simply a worship leader. The Lord's broadening your platform and there are those that would want to pigeonhole you and that you're going to have to be careful of those things that some of the things that you will be asked to do. I really feel that the grace to do some of those that would have pigeonholed you in this nation you may have had a grace for it, but God doesn't have a grace for it. The Lord's really causing you to guard the spiritual identity that he's put within you and not let it be pigeonholed. She said, I asked the Lord, what is that identity? And the Lord says he's given you as a European prophet. So I believe it is to the nations. I believe it will always involve travel. I don't know whether it's the battery that's going, is it? <coughs> Amen. Uh, and that's really important because we've seen that being outworked over these uh, last few years. Bill Lackey says, Lord, I told you as intercessors earlier that we had already penetrated 50 mile radius. Now, this was ever before we started this one. Lord, it's not good enough for me for just 50 miles. That's not good enough. Lord, right now, I'm declaring at least 300, and then I'm also speaking and declaring, God, that it go outside of England, it go into Scotland, Ireland. I'm sure he'd forgotten about Wales, but we're not going to forget Wales. It, it's going to go out to Wales and to Norway. Lord, let it go to Amsterdam, France, Belgium, to Spain, Italy. Father, all this whole European area. Father, we stand right now in a place of faith, waiting for our next assignments concerning Russia. Lord, we ask for the word of the Lord concerning Russia and what you want to release through this church in the area of Russia. When Ditton Howard went with another team and they went to Estonia, they went on to Russia and Dit had a word from the Lord that she believed was for Putin, President Putin, and she recorded it on her phone, and when they were around the, the Kremlin itself, she then switched that player on to release that word into the atmosphere, into the Kremlin. Hallelujah. You know what? We've been living these prophecies, guys, when we did that European assignment, but listen, it's only just begun. It's only just begun. It's there, we're doing it, amen, and, and we're pressing that out. The Lord says, the tent pegs will go out from the north, the south, the east, the west, and the Lord wants to pavilion himself above a nation and the nations. There is going to be a release and even into Europe. God is going to give great authority to Europe. Right now, I release to every member of this ministry a great authority for Europe. Those whose Europe is on your heart, I release as the apostolic head of this ministry, I release that great anointing for you to go to the nations to release the word of the Lord. Those of you who travel and think you're going on holiday, I declare today, you will release the word of the Lord 
over that nation. Those who are from a nation that is not this nation, I declare you will speak and prophesy over your nation and God will have his kingdom rule in that nation in Jesus' name. So God's giving us great authority. The Lord showed me he's going to assemble for the Lord's voice is very great. And he, the Lord, begins to cry out. And there's going to be people that will hear his voice. So do not think small. Think big. Think big. And here's the last thing here. Uh, At the head of the year, 5775, uh, Chuck Pierce said, I think it was after you preached, Jenny, it's time for Europe. Set the time. March in double time to catch up what's been lost in Europe. Catch up, then pass over, move quickly. Make a list of every nation determine who and what is in that nation and mobilize. Ask for a hundredfold multiplication in every nation I show you. Break Europe into regions and nations. Get ready, for now you will advance my kingdom. That war room has now been commissioned. We now have to get the strategy for what God wants us to do in that war room. We've got all kinds of materials that people have given to us. He's hooking us again with people who research we now need to press into that mantle that God has for us. There's going to be a cost. <laughs> There's going to be a cost. There's going to be sacrifice to get to that level. But God has released the commission over us and the mandate. All those prophetic words from various international prophets are releasing a word over us that we're a warrior people that we've been called for war, we've been called for battle, and the armor fits us. It's clicked into place because it's who we are. We are unique. We can't look to another ministry to pattern ourselves after that ministry, and that's why it's hard, because we're breaking something open, and it's unique to us, and we're trying to find our way. We don't have a template. So we've got to press out what God is calling us to do. But you know what? We are properly aligned as a ministry. We are properly aligned. We've got a great leadership team who are working with us to press out the model that God has for us. So, Lord, we want to thank you that, Father, your heart is for the nations. It's for the people. Lord, you want us to be successful and prosper in your kingdom rule, in your kingdom reign. And Lord, the most precious things on this planet are the hearts and lives of men and women. And Lord, you're going to give us the strategy of how to do it. Lord, thank you for those that will go out this afternoon on the front line and take the gospel message out on the streets. I thank you, Lord, for the intercessors and the watchmen who are watching, Father, that wider brief of what is going on in the nations itself as Father Antichrist tries to arise and pull people to himself. Lord, thank you that your kingdom is also arising, your ecclesia in this day and this hour. I thank you, Lord, that you are raising up a strong people who, Father, are more able to deal with Antichrist as he arises. Lord, we recognize in days ahead there will be sacrifice, there will be martyrdom, but, Lord, we declare we will not step back from the Father, the mandate that you've given to us. We will rise up to it, and God, we will fulfill the commission that you've laid out. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.
So, it's good to just keep reminding ourselves of those words because we're living in them. And what Chuck brought last week as he dedicated the war room, he said, you will be able to stop wars. And you'll be able to cause contentions to take place. We're going to be, as Mike Bickle in the House of Prayer says, also the prayer movement will be releasing the judgments of God. And that's not an easy thing. It's quite a heavy responsibility that the church of Jesus Christ is going to release his end time judgments, but it needs to happen. And in the midst of all of those things that are going on, his kingdom is being extended. Our men and women are rushing into the kingdom. Amen. So be blessed. Have an amazing week. And uh, we look forward to seeing those of you on Wednesday, the worship team on Tuesday. And keep pressing out the kingdom. If someone around you needs prayer, you know, in your workplace, in your family environment, where you're living, have the boldness to say, I will pray for you. There and then. Put, put your hand on the shoulder and pray for them. Release the blessing of the Lord. Amen. This is the day and the hour where these signs, wonders, and miracles are being released at your hands and my hands. Amen. Brother Chimmer. Now, this is unique. I will say this. I don't, did you share my message from yesterday? Have you read my message? Ah, I sent him a mail yesterday. <laughs> All right. I sent Steve a message yesterday night. Or yesterday afternoon. Ah. Where is it now? I'm not going to read everything in it because there are some things that it uh, Yeah. But I said something. I said it was evident on Sunday, even though I wasn't here for the three days. I said it was evident on Sunday, on Sunday that there is a shift in the ministry. I used the term to describe this to Howard on Sunday, and that is flywheel. I believe you, Jenny, and the leadership team have been consistently turning the wheel, staying focused on the unique message and calling. That wheel is beginning to gain a massive momentum that everything starts to look like a miracle. We praise God. Steve has prayed for us that what we need to do now is to send that word back to. We've read it. This is so, so strange. It makes me feel strange. That some of the things that were spoken in 2007 suddenly were somehow forgotten in our memory. But Jenny and the team are traveling to Europe, making these connections. I remember last year when you were in, in Russia, you know. And these things are happening. Yeah. I want us to pray together and say to God that that momentum, that energy that has started to turn, just like the flywheel, you know, the <laughs> came back up. <laughs> the flywheel, it starts slowly. Slowly and suddenly gains the momentum of his own, and everyone leaves it and it starts to go. Lord, we decree, we put ourselves back into remembrance of your word. (laughs) 
will put ourselves back in remembrance of your word. That the message you have given your prophets in the house is for this time. Is for this season. And Lord, we decree, as many of us in your heart, you've got to commit to this. That we are, we hook onto it. Because we are also here at this time for a reason. And so, Lord, we plug ourselves onto this momentum that what you have determined for Europe at this time, you said, ask for double fold, double fold movement. And so, Lord, we decree for Europe that your word will be fulfilled. More grace upon Steve and Jenny. More grace upon the leadership team. And Lord, we join our hands with them. That whatever it needs to make that happen, Lord, we ask you to make it clear. <laughs> In Jesus' name. You are blessed. Bless you, my brother. Amen.